Me, 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 but also you. <laughs> the Pharaoh fast forwards his favorite foreign film. Powder donut. <clears throat> okay, what's my line? Uh, the only line I see here on the script is get options based on your budget with the name and price tool from Progressive. Oh man, that's a tongue twister, huh? I'm sorry, I'm gonna need a few more minutes. <clears throat> bulbous Walrus, the Bulbous Walrus. The Name Your Price tool, only from Progressive. The owl ran afoul of the comatose Coxswain. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. Welcome to Accelerate Your Business Growth with your host, Diane Helbig. Diane is a leading small business development and leadership coach, author, and speaker who is passionate about sharing valuable ideas, tips, and techniques with business professionals worldwide. Diane brings you the world's experts and gurus in all things business, whether it's sales, structure, social media, planning, or plateauing, guests bring their expertise and energy to each episode. When growing your business is your focus, Accelerate Your Business Growth is the show to listen to. Got a topic or guest suggestion? Let Diane know. The goal is to make sure you have the information you need to move your business forward. Thanks for joining us. Settle in and enjoy. Hi, everybody. Thanks so much for joining me. Today's podcast is sponsored by audible.com. Head over to audibletrial.com slash business growth to sign up for a free trial and go exploring. And don't just look at the audiobooks, check out all of the other content that's there as well. The Accelerate Your Business Growth podcast continues to enjoy inclusion on lists of the best podcasts to listen to. This is really because of the guests. Uh, These are folks who have expertise in particular areas of business. They join me for a conversation where they share that expertise with all of you. Today is no exception. My guest today is Jack Tompkins. Jack is the owner of Pineapple Consulting Firm based out of Charlotte, North Carolina. He helps his clients analyze and visualize their financial and marketing data in interactive charts, graphs, and dashboards so they don't have to deal with the annoying data gathering or manipulating of it. His goal is to help companies grow profitably and and efficiently by helping them not just know their numbers through and through, but also visualize them. Thanks so much for joining me today, Jack. Thanks so much for having me, Diane. I'm really looking forward to this. Well, I am too. Data is one of those things that I think small business owners go, oh my God, are you kidding me? (laughs) Yep, that's exactly right. (laughs) So this will be really great. By the end of this, they'll be going, oh yeah, that's not really that bad, right? (laughs) Exactly, yep. That's my goal at least. (laughs) I know it is. I know it is. Okay, so let's, let's start with a dashboard. Talk mm-hmm. to me about why a dashboard is beneficial. Absolutely. So dashboard for maybe a little bit of context first. Um, it'll it'll normally represent, to your point uh, in the intro there, financial data, marketing data, uh, also operational data gets in there as well. And just kind of puts everything into this nice little summary. So at the end of the day, it really helps with time saving. 
And that comes in the form of folks being able to understand their numbers a whole lot easier. Um, you're able to focus on the important KPIs or key performance indicators. And that kind of allows you to spot the problem child or the, the gold star piece of your business too. Um, so everything's kind of right in front of you. It's easy to update, get your whole business in a matter of five minutes. And then you can actually use the data to drive your strategy from it too. So I, Aha. Yeah. It's not just looking at it. <laughs> right. Exactly. You can actually take action from it. <laughs> <laughs> so great. Okay. So we, you know, when I was reading your bio, I said something about visualizing data. So what is it about being able to visualize it that, that makes it better for the business owner or the business leaders? Do you it's think? A, it's such a good question, right? Cause it's like, okay, it's, a, it's the same info, right? What's the benefit? Um, there is, I'll give two little examples. Uh, I, I'll give a presentation on kind of along this uh, subject lines actually of visualization and things like that. And I go through really quickly and it's in a PowerPoint slide. So I'm just pressing the button twice, right? So I'm just skipping through a slide. You have maybe half a second. The first thing I show is these big letters that are, are big words that are uh, describing an image. So it's in like, I don't know, 72 point font. Like it's very easy to read, but you have half a second to read it. And so I'll go through that and people get one out of the 10 words normally. Hmm. And then I'll go through and I'll do the other one. So it's an image uh, that is that the previous one was describing. It's a kid with a balloon. It's nothing crazy. There's a brick wall in the background. And in that half a second, every single person that I've done the example with can describe about 85, 90% of the entire image from that half a second. So the visuals, um, obviously you're going to spend more than half a second looking at your financial data and things like that, but <laughs> you hope so, <laughs> right? <laughs> um, half a second is better than zero, I guess, but um, I guess. <laughs> the point being you can get the full picture in a really quick amount of time. So the visuals, um, comparing like a profit and loss statement, very, very different to see in charts and graphs rather than black and white accounting reports. It kind of makes everything come to life. And, and a lot of folks who whether they're financially savvy or not, or like digging into that or not, everybody can understand a big red down arrow means this <laughs> metric is down. <laughs> it's so true. Yeah. Right? <laughs> <clears throat> okay. So, and I love this concept because, you know, a lot of times when I'm working with clients, what I tell them is, you know, put something, if you have sales goals, put something visual on the wall so that everyone can see here's the goal and here's how we're doing toward it Yeah, because absolutely. right. It's just so easy to walk by it and instantly understand where things are. That's exactly right. It's that instant understanding. You're absolutely right, Dan. Yeah. Okay. So, so now I, I cause I want to make sure that the listeners have sort of like, you know, this foundational understanding of this. So what does it mean to be data driven in a small business? It's a good question because to your point, again, it's, it's, you hear data and if you're in a small business, you kind of go, oh, geez, you know, that sounds like a headache. Yeah. <laughs> and it, it, it's because data has a stigma um, and some pieces of it are accurate, but you think big data and artificial intelligence and all this stuff. And, um, you know, the fortune 500 are using data all the time and blah, blah, blah. All true. But at the end of the day, data is very simple in the small business world. If you have a sale, if you've made a sale of your product or service, whatever it is, that's data. You had to talk to somebody to get that. You had to market it in some way. They paid you some amount of dollars. That's all pieces of data. 
So to be data-driven in a small business, it's not being the big data, artificial intelligence, Fortune 500 company. It's just giving data a seat at the table. So you're still going to run your business through your gut. There's really nothing wrong with that, but just hear what the data has to say. And it really can help uh, influence your strategy in, in a lot of good ways and, and see how what you've been doing has either worked really well or worked poorly. And when it matches up with your gut instinct, it's just perfect. And your business flourishes because of it. Should I ask what happens when it doesn't match up with your gut <laughs> You should, absolutely, because obviously it's not going to be that every time, right? Yeah. So it can kind of help you point, you point you in the right direction. So if your gut's going one way and the data's going another way, well, there's either your gut is slightly off or the data is slightly off. So in the case mm-hmm. that the data is slightly off, okay, give it some more chance. Um, give it a larger sample size, as we call it in the industry, to see if it actually uh, comes to fruition. Or if your gut is slightly off and your data is telling you, hey, this isn't quite working, then it's time to take a step back and think about your strategy of, I'll use an example of like a sales, uh, sales pitch or sales tactic. Um, if you're going through and you know it's going to work eventually, but the data is just not showing it, give someone else a shot. Maybe instead of cold calling, it turns to email marketing or whatever the example is. Um, but it, it, the point being that the gut that you built your business on, the reason that you started your business is hugely important. That's not going anywhere. The data can help refine it in a certain direction. So I say your gut instinct can be completely right. Using your data along with it can make you completely profitable. Aha. Okay. (laughs) Yeah. That's very good. I love that. Um, So what types of data are important to look at? The big three for me, Diane, are financial, marketing, and operational. Okay. So financial, um, use QuickBooks as an example. Obviously, revenue and profit are going to be up there. Um, and we can get into more of, of what specific KPIs or what specific pieces of data are important. But uh, for like a broad overview, financial okay. is revenue and profit. Marketing, leads and conversions. Uh, operational is kind of dependent on what business you're in. That's going to be the most flexible, but for a service-based business, um, like I, we both are, and, and a lot of the listeners probably are as well. A lot of that comes down to things like hourly rate. Um, and then on the product mm-hmm. side of the house, it's things like, um, delivery time, the, sort of the logistic info. Did it, did it get there on time? Is the quality good? Things like that. Okay. So um, let's talk about the the financial side, the profit and revenue side, because Mm -hmm. I think a lot of what I see happen is a lot of small business owners focus so much on revenue, but not on profit Mm -hmm. that they get themselves in situations where they might be selling a lot, but they're not making any money. Right. It's a... It, it stinks to see. It really does. Yeah. Cause you could sell a million dollars. And if every time you make another thousand dollar sale, you're losing $1,200 on it. <laughs> something's got to change there. Yeah. <laughs> um, so starting with that knowledge of just when I make a sale, what, what should that be on my bottom line on my profit? Uh, that's a great place to start. Cause to your point if sales, if sales is not the issue uh, and profit is then there needs to be a conversation between the top and the bottom line there. Yeah. And I, I would guess that, you know, one of the valuable things about 
the dashboard is that you can see that, right? You can see that, okay, it's not sales. Sales are at or above where we want them. Mm -hmm. So something else is wrong. Right. Yeah. Yeah. It's kind of one of those, uh, if you picture a bar graph and the, you know, the bars keep going up and up and up Uh uh, and each time like the wireless bars kind of thing. Um, and if that's your revenue, but on the flip side, if you have profit on that same bar graph and it's going down and down and yeah. down, um, <laughs> <laughs> that's going to bring a red flag to your attention. That's going right. to be right on your dashboard. <clears throat> right. Because I, I do. I think so many people, they instantly think we have to sell more. We have to sell more. And that's not necessarily the case. So, right. Yeah. 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 So I'm going to take a quick sponsor break and then I want to... Um, ask you some questions about the the marketing and and KPIs and things. So hang tight. Uh, The Accelerate Your Business Growth Podcast is happy to be sponsored by audible.com. You probably know that audible.com has thousands of audiobook titles to choose from, but you might not know that they also have Audible Originals, which obviously based on their name are things you can't get anywhere other than on Audible podcasts, guided meditations, and so much more. And they're all in one place. So you can move from one thing to another without having to go into you know, different platforms and programs. So I love it. I, I think it's just phenomenal. I think you're going to love it as well. So you can get a free trial by going to audibletrial.com slash business growth. Sign up for that trial and then go exploring. Check out the content for yourself you know, audiobooks, yep, absolutely, but also the other content that is there for you and uh, see what resonates. I think you're going to be pleasantly surprised. Today, we're speaking with Jack Tompkins about the value of being data-driven. Okay, so Jack, before we did the sponsor break, um, we talked about the financial uh, piece of data that that is important and revenue and profit. And I mentioned that, you know, I also wanted to talk about marketing, but uh, will you explain what KPIs are and why, which ones are important to business yeah, owners? Absolutely. It's, it's a good place to start for this conversation too. Um, so a KPI is a key performance indicator. And what it really is, it's a health of your business in, in a metric, right? So if uh, on the financial side, Let's use profit as an example. We'll keep going down that. Mm-hmm. If your profit is doing well, that probably means that your business is doing well. It's one of those types of metrics that kind of give you, if you have, if you have that meeting in 10 minutes with investors or whoever, and you only have five minutes to look at how the heck your business is doing, those KPIs are the ones that you're going to check. Um, and obviously in a dashboard, it'll keep plugging for them. Um, in a dashboard, your KPI is going to be right there. You get the health of your business with all of the important things that are going to give you that health check uh, right away and really quick. Um, so what are some of the KPIs? Yeah. Um, like I said, so we were talking on the financial side, revenue and profit are some of the big ones going maybe one layer deeper. Um, your different revenue sources is one that I like to use. So especially for a product-based business, you've got five different products and and one of them is... of your revenue. That's fantastic. Um, Next, you would check if that's profitable. And for the one product that you sell, it's only 10% of your business, but it's incredibly profitable. Well, that kind of tells you maybe it's time to maybe invest a little bit more in that if it's so profitable. Mm 
So it kind of starts that trend of uh, looking at one place, checking the next level down, and then you kind of get all these different questions of, do we want to grow this? Do we want to shrink this? Do we want to focus on profit for this product? Things like that. Um, on the server side, not too much different. Uh, it's checking kind of what product or what services you're doing. Something like uh, business coaching versus business consulting. Um, one is probably going to require more time than the other. So your your inventory, of course, in the service-based business is very time-based. Yeah. Um, so you get into things like that with that next layer down of the financial KPIs. Um, I could go all day for no, no. data. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> so we can keep going, but yeah. Those are the biggies, right? That, yeah. that is good. Okay. So, and so are dashboards something people can create on their own? They are, absolutely. Oh. Um, it's definitely going to take a bit of time and effort to learn the ins and outs and, and actually how to make a dashboard. Um, but you can start in Excel, Microsoft Excel. It's it's my best friend. It's not everybody's best friend. I realize that. <laughs> but uh, everybody's at least a little bit familiar with it. Yeah. So if you have that desire to create a dashboard, um, Excel is a really good place to start. Okay. Yeah. Okay. And, um, okay, so I, I want to talk some about this whole idea of data influencing strategy. So, I, you know, so I am a small business owner, you know, and, mm -hmm. and if I'm looking at this and looking at my dashboard, um, how frequently should I be looking at it? It's a good question. It's uh, a lot of times I see monthly. Okay. Um, yeah, it's going to vary by business, but uh, something that's sort of that overview, how's my business doing? Um, everything from the mom and pop shop to the whatever the upper limit of a small business is, yeah. monthly is probably a pretty good cadence. Okay. And then if I, if I take that data and I shift my strategy, is there any sort of guideline around how long I'm going to be paying attention to it, but how long I should go before I determine that maybe I have to make a different decision or, you know, different strategy move. Right. It's a good question. So now that I've used my data and changed my strategy, yeah. how do I know if it's working or not? Yeah. Yeah. Um, the time is going to be, depending on what change you make, if you go from selling something at 20 bucks to selling it at 25 bucks, then you'll be able to see that change fairly quickly. If it's something like a pricing change, okay. if it's an overall strategy, if you're going from, I don't know, charging a project based to now a monthly fee or monthly subscription, um, that's going to take a bit longer. Uh, okay. I would say maybe something on the order of like three to six months, you'll definitely get some good data in there. You'll okay. start seeing it right away. You can kind of get that gut feeling from the beginning, but I would say wait to have a, enough of a sample size in that three to six month period to where you can deem it as a success, probable success soon, or something you might need to readjust. Okay. And do, do you think that like any business owner can look at their dashboard, look at the information and be able to make decisions fairly easily from that information? Like, are they able to really digest it and say, 
okay, well, this is what's off. So this, this is the area that I need to work on. I would say if your dashboard is doing its job, then you should be able to check that out and, okay. and get at least a pretty good inkling of, of where the issue might lie. Okay. Obviously there could be tons of analysis that goes on behind the scenes, but just for the overall picture, I would say, yeah, if your dashboard is doing its job, you should, anybody should be able to check it out and check out that big down red arrow. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Well, see, now that leads me to another question because who in an organization should be paying attention to the dashboard? Is it just the owner or are there other people? I think there are other people. Um, we get into the conversation about different dashboards for different parts of the team, but because oh. um, there's there's sales specific dashboards that I've made, and um, obviously, like we were talking about before, their their main goal is to sell, right? So revenue is up; they're doing hap or they're doing well. They care probably a, a little bit less about profit, but yeah. um, owner definitely have a dashboard that that gives you the insight that you need, and that could just be. The thirty thousand foot view. It could be down the weeds. Um, most of the time, it is that thirty thousand foot view for the owner. Uh, something like a CFO, whoever controls the finances, um, definitely worth having a dashboard for them as well. Because although I guarantee that they will love diving into a PL statement, um, <laughs> it's and I do too. I'm I'm one of those nerds, <laughs> but seeing everything and having it, you know automated uh, updates and, and things like that, it, it'll definitely save them some time and be able to present it to the folks who maybe don't want to dive into the P&L statement like they do. Um, right. <laughs> so I, I think the C-suite, whatever it looks like in your small business or even in medium and large businesses should have uh, definitely access to the dashboard and, and some maybe some specific metrics in there for them too. Okay. All right. Now, okay. And you mentioned different dashboards, you know, for, for different departments. So mm -hmm. that's interesting as well, that everyone doesn't necessarily need to see the whole dashboard, you know, right. other than the owner necessarily, but different departments could even have their own dashboard, I would think. Yeah. There's a, it's, it's funny. It's a, it's a fairly big conversation in the data world of uh, it's called data transparency uh, across the organization, really. Um, and it's does, using the sales example again, does the salesperson need to know, uh, you know, some of the profit metrics or some of the hourly rates or which pieces of marketing are working best? I like to say, keep it open to your organization. And so that everybody can see kind of what the other side of the house is doing. But that being said, there are specific things that a salesperson will really want to focus on way more than the operational person who's uh, in the manufacturing plant or something like that. So it's, it's meant to not like shield information from other parts of the industry or parts of the organization, but give them their specific metrics that show the health of their specific department um, without getting yeah. cluttered and things that they might not be able to control that much. Right. No, I, you know what? I really like that a lot because it's available to them. They can see it and, and it probably helps them gain an understanding of, you know, goals of other departments. And, you know, there probably needs to be a conversation around it, but it's not where their focus needs to be. It's just 
available. So that's they exactly can see right. It. Yeah, I like that a lot. That's exactly right. Yeah. Yeah. Huh. Yeah, it's a cool concept. Yeah. Yeah. It reminds me of the open book management concept that came out in the 80s. Um, mm -hmm. you know, where where business leaders were encouraged to open up the books and share them with everybody in the company. Right. Um, yeah, and a lot of people, a lot of leaders push back on that because they think it's gonna make them vulnerable. But yeah, it's kind of scary, but there's I think it's it's becoming more and more custom to be able to see how the whole organization is doing that. Right. I think uh, hopefully at least the a little bit of the fear is gone with opening up the books. Well, and if you think about it, people are going to draw their own conclusions anyway. So if you're not giving them the information, they're going to create it in their head. Right. <laughs> it's usually going to be the worst case scenario, not the best case scenario. That's exactly right. Yep. Yeah. So <laughs> do yourself a favor. Yeah. And just you know, share. Yeah. Here's the honest truth. Here's the numbers. Right. Let's all right. help. <laughs> yeah. Right. Because, and that's the other thing. Then they, they, th the other interesting thing is that I think everyone in a company know, has a feeling if something's off, mm -hmm. they may not know exactly what it is, but they can feel it. And if it makes them uncomfortable and they're not being told what's going on, A, they can't offer any ideas or suggestions and B that it makes them less productive because they're suddenly concerned about the sustainability of their job. Right. So, you know, it creates all of this bad mojo going on in a company that's unnecessary. Yes. Yeah. A lot of times it is completely, completely unnecessary and it's a, yeah, it's kind yeah. of stay in your lane, but be yeah. aware that there's other parts of the organization. Exactly. That's right. That's right. You know, treat them like grownups because they right. are. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> <laughs> Easy as that. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> For you and me, I guess. Right, yeah. Right? Hopefully I they know. act like grownups yeah. if they are. <laughs> <laughs> that goes down a whole other road. Right. We are just not going to go down in this yeah. conversation. I, I totally get it. Oh my gosh. So this is great. So if someone's listening and they don't have a dashboard and they, they haven't really thought about this, what would you say are like first steps, things they should do or they could do to start this process? It's, it's great. So, right. So this hopefully inspires some people to look into a dashboard, even if they've had the thought uh, starting is always one of the most difficult pieces. Um, I would go back to kind of just starting off with Excel. Um, mm. It's something that maybe I, okay, I know a lot of people don't like Excel that much and nowhere <laughs> near as much as I do. Um, and that's okay. But it's something that you're at least a little bit familiar with. And you could start with something like an example I like to use is on the marketing side. Um, so for the, for the small business that has maybe a couple ads on Facebook maybe people refer to them and maybe they do some cold calling. I don't know. You can track those numbers. You can even manually input them. I don't recommend that in a lot of cases, but for something small and quick, it's not the worst case scenario to just manually input. I got 10 leads and I got two conversions from this one. So my conversion rate is 20%. From that, you can make some graphs out of that. You can make, um, make it time-based. So in this month I had 10 leads and the next month I had 12 and the next month I had eight leads what the heck happened in month three, I don't know. 
but you can see that in a nice simple bar graph that Excel pretty much default makes for you. Um, and it kind of it kind of gets your feet wet into that idea of seeing things, seeing trends over time and and seeing how uh, certain pieces of, in this case, marketing uh, compared to a prior time period. You can compare to last month, you compare to, compare to last year, things like that. Um, so the goal of that is really one, to get your feet wet and actually making some of these graphs and charts and, and determining the KPIs and stuff. Mm -hmm. um, the other is to actually make that part of your process of, okay, I'm feeling pretty good about the Facebook ads. Does the data reflect that? Am I actually mm -hmm. getting these big clients from it? Um, yeah. So it, it develops that mindset, which really lends well to having a dashboard for your, for your team. Yeah. Right. Right. Yeah. Huh? Yeah. That's interesting. Cause I think that's another thing that a lot of um, business leaders do is they believe something is the case. Like I've had people say to me, um, Oh, well, you know, I have to stay in this networking organization because I get a lot of referrals. Yes. <laughs> okay. And do they turn into business? Well, no. Right. Okay. Why? Okay. So is this really where you should be? <laughs> just, exactly. <laughs> you know, it, we, we convince ourselves of things, but then when we can see it, it makes it easier to identify the truth, what right. really is working and isn't. Yeah. It's such a good example with the networking too, because yeah. there's some that are fantastic and yeah. the B and I's of the world, maybe you get 30 referrals a year and you convert 20 and that's not bad. Yeah. But if it's, if it's sucking up two, three hours a week of yeah. your time, it better be worth it. <laughs> right. Exactly. And you know, you get out of it, what you put into it, but still. Right, right, right. You know, a lot of times people have someone sending them referrals that are terrible. Mm -hmm. So, you know, either they're really non-existent or the person just doesn't understand who they should be sending to them or whatever. I mean, there's things you can do, but, but you have to be careful that you don't convince yourself that something is happening that something is valuable that really when the rubber hits the road is not right yeah exactly and that's that that's that gut instinct and and uh -huh. data talking to each other and just yeah. keep each other honest <laughs> yeah right yeah that's right that that is a great reminder that's right mm -hmm. wow jack th this is really valuable i i really appreciate this i i think this is incredibly valuable information um for the listeners and so will you tell them you know how they can find you and what you've got going on please absolutely and so glad it's valuable um i always love talking about this stuff <laughs> and nerding out so thank you again for having me <laughs> absolutely um, <laughs> best place to find out more and and I, see some examples too is head to my website uh, which is pineapple cf as in pineappleconsultingfirm.com. Um, like I said, I've got examples. I've got ways to contact me on there. And I've got um, some more specifics on what a financial dashboard looks like and what it tracks and, and all that good stuff. That's terrific. Thank you. Thank you. Listeners, thank you. Um, I think this was another great information-packed episode for you. Don't let data scare you. Embrace it. Embrace it in a visual way so that you'll actually want to pay attention to it. I'd also like to thank our sponsor. Head over to audibletrial.com slash businessgrowth. Sign up for a free trial of audible.com and then go on a discovery mission and see what's there that resonates with you. As always, continue to prosper and be curious. 
And until we meet again on another episode of Accelerate Your Business Growth, goodbye and good day. Me, 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 but also you. <laughs> the Pharaoh fast forwards his favorite foreign film, Powder Donut. <clears throat> okay, what's my line? Uh, the only line I see here on the script is get options based on your budget with the name your price tool from Progressive. Oh man, that's a tongue twister, huh? I'm sorry, I'm gonna need a few more minutes. <clears throat> bulbous Walrus, the Bulbous Walrus. The name your price tool, only from Progressive. The owl ran afoul of the comatose coxswain. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and affiliates price and coverage match limited by state law. Me, 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 but also you. <laughs> the Pharaoh fast forwards his favorite foreign film, Powder Donut. <clears throat> okay, what's my line? Uh, the only line I see here on the script is get options based on your budget with the name your price tool from Progressive. Oh man, that's a tongue twister, huh? I'm sorry, I'm gonna need a few more minutes. <clears throat> bulbous Walrus, the Bulbous Walrus. The name your price tool, only from Progressive. The owl ran afoul of the comatose coxswain. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and affiliates price and coverage match limited by state law. My name is Cindy Burnett, and each week I interview at least two traditionally published authors on my podcast, Thoughts from a Page. We talk spoiler-free about their books, so you can listen whether you have read the book or not. And then we delve into things that you most likely won't hear about anywhere else. The importance of the cover design, why they included various aspects of the story, personal details about both the books and the author's lives, and so much more. You can find the podcast on every major platform and learn more about it on my website, thoughtsfromapage.com. Thanks so much for checking it out.